Get ready. Hello and welcome to College Talk. My name is Beth Brandon and I am your host. As always, hasn't changed. Big shocker. Um, Today I'm super excited. We, for the first time in a long time, had a guest last two weeks ago and I'm really excited. Um, I have three people with me today thanks to technology Um, and they're three amazing advisors that I got to serve with last year and they're about to serve you with some knowledge. So I'm gonna turn the mic over to them and let them introduce themselves. Whoever wants to go first, go for it. Okay. Um, Hello, everyone. Uh, My name is Juanita Poole. I am serving a second year at Martin Luther King High School here in Detroit, Michigan. And I went to Wayne State University, obtained my bachelor's in social work there. And right now I am a current student at Wayne State University, um, also working on my master's in social work there. Nice to meet you. Hi, everyone. My name is Jackie Denou. I am a second-year advisor. Um, I switched schools, so I'm serving as the first college advisor at Addison High School. I attended the University of Michigan Flint for my my undergraduate in social work, Um, and I will be attending graduate school next fall for social work as well. Hi, everyone. My name is Brittany Hall, and I currently serve at Clintondale High School. Similarly to Jackie, this is the first time that they've had a college advisor. Um, I went to Oakland University for my undergraduate degree in communication and my master's degree in higher educational research. Awesome. So, um, I think this episode, the real main focus is going to be like... uh, kind of understanding what emotions might be going on with students. Um, And then part of it is going to be for parents and staff to kind of understand um, what can they be doing to help students kind of process those and how can they help students feel validated. Um, But another really big part is like, even though every single journey to college is going to be very individual and um, everything's going to happen a lot differently, it's also important to remember that if things seem really difficult, um, it's because getting to college isn't easy and a lot of people are going through that. So it's okay to feel frustrated and um, scared and all those other things. And that's what we're all going to kind of talk about today um, and let you know that those feelings are Okay. Um, and so this first question is um, for myself and Juanita. Um, okay, let's see. You ready? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Have you noticed any repeat fears from students? Um, yes, being a second year advisor at the school that I'm at now, um, I would definitely say like one fear that I've seen constantly be repeated by my students um, are, like, the SAT. Um, Mm. A lot of them are, like, scared to, like, retake the SAT. um, And just, like, you know, they run away from the SAT and, like, hey, Mm -hmm. can I take the ACT? Because um, the, the, um, how can I put this? The information that is provided on the SAT is is kind of, like, not related to the things that they learn in class in so many ways. Um, so that's one fear. And then one other fear is um, the fear of actually telling their parents, um, you know, that they want to go away for college and mm. then they just end up staying, you know, here in Michigan and going to like a local community college, which is nothing wrong with that. 
but not actually following that journey. Mm-hmm. So those are like my two main things. Yeah, definitely. Um, I would definitely agree with the the SAT um, kind of coming from like a, a more rural school. Um, mm-hmm. I think there's just the fear of, of also like failing a second time if they do decide to retake the SAT rather than the ACT, um, which yeah. was huge. And then it was also like, the ACT wasn't offered as easily in our area because we were like a an SAT AP school, so like it that's like what was kind of more offered there. Um, but the FAFSA, there is a lot of uh, fear around the FAFSA from both like parents and students, especially about like um, putting in like taxes or using the data retrieval tool, um, just because it's new and it's kind of unknown and it's not how it was done before and online hackers and stuff like that. My, my thing is, like, once they hear, like, oh, you need my social security number? And mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So, yeah, explaining that process um, to the students as well as to the parents, um, you know, that actually helps out a lot. Definitely. And, and speaking of financial aid and the FAFSA, um, what is a common reaction that you see to like financial aid information being put out to students or like to tasks they have to do or even you know the dreaded uh verification process so you said it right there um (laughs) they're like wait what why does this take so long wait why do i have to um you know answer all these questions why do they need my social security like that's like the biggest thing like i have to get some people hands because like it's so much like, you know, scamming and all that type of stuff going on nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to break it down in, you know, a friendly manner so they can understand like, hey, I don't need your social security. The IRS <laughs> does. And they already have your information. They just want to verify what you're saying, you know, matches up on their end. So like breaking that part down for the parents um, and actually like just bringing them in um, and sitting down and talking with them one on one to explain like, I don't need it. They need it. So, um yeah, that's, that's like a common reaction. And a lot of people are like, "Why? how long does it take? Like, does it take very long? And then once we sit down and we finally do it, and you're like, oh, wow, that only took like 30 minutes. And I'm like, yeah, it only takes about 30 minutes if we sit down and go through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's way less scary than it seems. I love that yeah. you said like the, I don't want it, they want it. I always used to tell people they'd like, sometimes they'd hand me stuff to do. And I would be like, Oh, I don't, I don't want to touch that. Like, I don't want anything to do with your information. This is all, I'm just here to help you if you have questions. Um, and I think sometimes that reaction, like they were like, Oh, Oh, oh okay. And I was like, no, I promise. I, I don't want to steal your identity. I'm okay. Um, and yeah, that's so, that's really interesting. I, I had a lot of students, I think they would get um, frustration sometimes with the verification thing too, because they were so freaked out about the FAFSA and then it, when it went through and everything, everything seemed fine to like have to do extra steps. And that was really hard to yeah. watch because it was like, I know it's, it's not um, necessarily like pointed, I'm doing air quotes, um, at, at certain students, but like there are certain students where, you know, if they were in foster care or if, you know, they use McKinney Vento or something, or if they're a refugee student, I'm always like, Hey, let's get, you know, uh, you know, certification of non-filing because you're probably going to get verified. Um, and right. it was, it was always frustrating to have to be like, there's going to be more for you probably. And I'm so, sorry. Like every case is definitely different. Um, mm-hmm. no matter what, everybody mm-hmm. is different. Um, so my thing is once I get to know my students and we're sitting down and we're going through that process and if they need help or anything like that, and they feel frustrated about anything, I always tell them like, 
I'm going to be straight up and um, the colleges, whichever college it is that you're, that you're, you know, you're applying to and that you really want to go to, they're going to send you a verification. Like you're going to have to fill out this information or you're going to have to send this in. But I always tell them that I am here through that whole process with mm-hmm. you. So you do not have to go through that process alone. Mm-hmm. So I already know what that looks like. Um, I'm just giving you a heads up of what it's going to look like. And I want you to know that I am here with you through that whole process. So mm-hmm. that way they don't feel for like, oh, I got to do this. I got to do that too. Why? Why? You know? Yeah, definitely. So being there with them, that reassurance, um, that really helps out a lot too. That's awesome. And I didn't prep any of you for this question, but now I'm going to ask it. Um, Say uh, your students are at a school that doesn't have an advisor um, in your areas or, um, you know, even like just based off your experience, like for because I know a couple of you switched high schools. um, What are your like what's your advice to a student who's like, okay, well, I don't have a college advisor. Where do I go? Besides emailing podcast college talk at gmail.com, which they can, and I'll do my best to help. Um, what would your advice be? Mm. You guys want to chime in on that? <laughs> I, yeah. Oh, 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 go, go, go for it, Brittany. Sorry. Oh, okay. You're good. I mean, um, if you don't have a college advisor, like your counselors are, required by the state to get certification in college advising. So they are also a really awesome wealth of knowledge in this area, and they can definitely walk you through that process. And if you think about it, like any of your teachers in the school um, had to go to college too. So just anybody that you're comfortable with um, in that building probably has gone through something similar, um, knows the college process, the college application process, the FAFSA, hopefully even though it changes so much over the years, mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. Um, just find an adult that you trust um, and that you're comfortable with, and they will likely be able to help you at least a little bit or point you to the right resources. Awesome. Um, may I add, maybe if you have, like, um, an older brother or sister that mm-hmm. is already in school and already went through that process, mm-hmm. um, they will definitely be a good ally for you guys um, to definitely reach out to them and, you know, get some assistance in that way as well. Yeah. I'm going to add one more in there, too. Um, if you if there's a college you know you want to attend or there's a couple, don't be afraid to ask those questions. Um, if something seems expensive or it seems like you're not sure how to do it, those admissions counselors are also there to help you, and they're another person that's in your corner and wants you to attend college. Um, and you'll hear admissions counselors a lot say, I don't necessarily care if you come to my institution. Like, it's their job to care. But they also are there to help you through this process as well. So don't be afraid to ask them those questions. They are the experts and professionals as well. Awesome. That was all fantastic advice. Um, Okay, so I'm going to switch gears, and now I am going to throw a couple questions at uh, Brittany and Jackie. So your first question is, i got to grab my little paper here. All right, what are some of the emotions and or reactions you see as an advisor uh, during the college-going process? Jackie, you can go first if you'd like. I sure can. Um, Okay, so one of the things I notice a lot is like an internal struggle, and it almost starts like this, like anticipatory grief of they have to leave home when they're in our rural communities a lot. Mm. Um, There may be local colleges or there may not be. But the reality for a lot of them is is that they're leaving home, um, and there's not always that promise of opportunity for them to come back after college. And that's one of the emotions I see a lot of is, well, this is a decision I'm making for my life now, um, and they're not necessarily ready for that. 
Mm. So that reaction then is they build up a lot of um, resentment or anger towards this idea, or they just get really confused and they're not sure what they want to do. Um, because that is a really hard decision to make at 17 or 18 years old, if you're going to leave home and not be promised to be able to come back. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the things I notice a lot with my students and we have a lot of conversations about. Definitely. Have you ever noticed like, um, some of that's like brought on by like parents and family? Yeah, I, it plays a lot. Um, especially if there's like a family business or they're helping taking care of siblings or family members, um, such as grandparents, aunts and uncles that tends to play a huge role into it. Um, but then sometimes it's just parents with wanting to let go, um, Mm. and letting their students take that step and that leap of faith. So I think family does have a lot to do with it in a lot of cases. Um, but that's not always the case either. Mm. Um, yeah, so my my school is heavily, it, it's just a weird school district because we're heavily school choice and we have a lot of students who are coming from like the city of Detroit. So um, they're coming from a more urban background and then we have some urban students who live in Clinton Township. So one of the biggest things I think that I see a lot is stress and anxiety. Um, my school tends to be, or it, it is full of a lot of students who have experienced a lot of trauma in their life, whether it be homelessness, experience, uh, really intense family things. So that can mean a lot of different things for them. So kind of whether legal guardianship was transferred over to other family members or other people um, in general because of things that have happened in their past. Mm-hmm. So they're really stressed out because they're dealing with so much in their everyday life that thinking about college and thinking about having to do all these long applications and put down information and being asked to talk about their past because their parents, you know, parents, um, you're expected to have family information or they at least ask about it and that can trigger them. Um, so there's a lot of trauma that gets brought back up during this time of year for them mm. um, in this specifically. So I would say like, that's the biggest thing right now that I'm dealing with is students having breakdowns in my office because there are questions on the FAFSA that can really hurt them emotionally. Um, and then just walking them through that process and supporting them is huge. Yeah, definitely. That's a, that is a, a hard thing to just personally manage like day in and day out. Um, especially sometimes as an advisor and I'm sure you've all felt this, it sort of feels like sometimes, uh, you're like a team of one, um, not necessarily because the school is making you feel that, but just because like, if you're handling that with students, like imagine what the counselors are handling, like they're, you know, busy too. And, um, so I guess kind of like as a, as a call to action, um, you know, what can staff and parents and families, um, friends, what can they do to validate and support, um, students who might be going through things and whether it's being unsure of their future or, um, you know, something has happened that's triggering, um, an emotional response to past traumas or, um, you know, even, you know, when you mentioned the poll, you know, not wanting to go further out um, or like leave the state because of family pressures, what can staff and parents and families and friends do to kind of validate those feelings? Um, But also like, you know, just sit in that moment and kind of work through those with that student, not, not counseling. I want to make that very like not be a counselor, um, but at least just like 
let those students know or let their friends know um, they're there for them. But then like with a college twist, because I think it feels different because it's like, I don't know. It's like more, I don't know, like academic. I don't know. It just, it feels weird because college is not like, it impacts a lot of things, but it's, it's four to six to seven years. Right. So I don't know if that makes sense. Oh, Oh, I was just going to say, and I think in your question is the most important word um, to the answer. And that's the validating piece. Make sure you're acknowledging that they're feeling these things, allow them that space to talk about it. Um, because the longer that they're bottling it up and the longer they're putting it off, the longer they're also putting off their college applications or being able to talk about it. And they're things that often we do need to talk about in this process um, to make sure we're letting them know these resources. So if they need counseling, that knowing that there's counseling that's oftentimes free to students on campuses, um, that if they're dealing with insecurities of like home or food or just a safe place to be, that there are resources on campuses um, but unless we, if we don't let them talk about that, we're never going to know how to help them. Mm-hmm. Um, so help them through that research process, but by letting them talk about it, that's the only way we're going to be able to tell them what resources are there that they might be interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I agree with what Jackie is saying. Um, communication is very good. Um, and a lot of times, you know, um, people look upon younger, you know, kids or teenagers and they feel like, you know, oh, no, I've been through that. You don't know what you're talking about. But you have to understand, like, in order to communicate, it takes two. So, um, you know, saying what you have to say, but also listening to where they are and meeting people where they are. You have to understand that, um, you know, somebody may be at a certain space and you may not understand that, but you want them to be somewhere else. And by trying to force them to, you know, do something that you may want them to do, that's not going to work. Mm-hmm. So just communicating with them and understanding them and, you know, validating them and reassuring them and then meeting them where they are, um, I think would be something that people can do to like actually, you know, get on the good side of a student because mm-hmm. that's all I do. Like <laughs> I communicate with them. I listen to them, um, you know, and I, I listen to what it is that they're really asking me, like what they really need. And I try to find the resources in the system in that way. Mm-hmm. So meeting them where they are, that would be my advice. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing that I carry with me every day in my advising is that students don't know what they don't know. Um, so a lot of their frustration and their anger or anxiety surrounding the college application process or finding a career um, has to do with just not knowing what resources are available Um, Whether that be, like, the simplest thing that to us is second nature because we are college advisors or parents who have gone through this or, you know, we're a friend who has more support at home on this process, Um, just be forgiving and know that everything that we're doing, you know, we're trained as college advisors, but they might not know that something is how you do, like, the way that you do something because they haven't been through it. So. The little things are important to um, explain, and don't be, don't ever get frustrated if they don't know something as simple as like um, on an application you have to have your social security number or um, yeah, it's yeah, not the like fall twenty twenty is when you're starting school because they don't they haven't been through this before. This is their first time. Mm-hmm. And I think that. Um segues into another great thing is, is really if there's something that you as a a student or as a parent, like don't know about the, you know, or family member, excuse me, as a, as a, you know, with someone who's going through the college application process or someone who's helping a student go through that, like ask a question, 
um, and ask a lot of questions. Um, and don't, don't feel bad about asking those questions because the best thing you can do, right, is give yourself the power of um, choice and have options. And then to do that, you have to kind of know what routes are available. Um, and I think giving yourself that is you usually done by asking questions. Um, yeah. And I, that was awesome. Those were, those are great pieces of advice. Um, I think it's just really important to reiterate that this is a, I think a much more stressful process now than it was when I went to college, than it was for sure when my parents went to college. Um, you know, and you know, I remember my mom asking me once kind of like, why are you like you work all summer and, and stuff like what, like, why do you have so much in loans? Um, you know, she's like, I remember, I, you know, I went to MSU and I worked during the summer and I really only had to take one semester off to work. So I didn't have to take out loans. And I was like, I mean, my tuition costs what like two, like a, like my one semester cost, but like a full year cost for you. And, and that was like a conversation that, um, we had to have and like I pulled up my financials and stuff. And so if you're a parent or a staff or a family member and you feel like your student is maybe acting um, a little extra, just remember that this is way different uh, than the process that you went through. And so um, I love what you all said with giving them the information and not being frustrated when they're asking those questions and also um, meeting them where they're at because they're going to be at a different place than you are. Um, and I think that all was fantastic advice. All right. Are y'all ready for the two questions I ask every guest? Well, okay. Bring it on. <laughs> okay. Um, first is what was your favorite class in, that you uh, took in college or high school um, or anywhere? Cash is a rough one. Okay, I'll take it. Um, one of my favorite classes that I actually took does not have anything to do with social work, um, <laughs> which was a business class. Um, I took that class, and that class was like one of my favorite classes because it really enlightened me into like how to actually balance my own life. Um, you know, not just the knowledge that I was learning to maybe assist somebody else, but it actually worked for myself. Um, so that business class was, um, everything for me. It really helped me out with my budgeting within my life, um, expenses when it came to like school wise. Um, so I think that was like a fun, beneficial class for me. I have to ask, was that like technically a, one of those gen ed requirements? Is that why you took it? Um, I think it was like, was it? It might have been, like, in the elective section, okay. and I was able to take, like, whatever I wanted. Oh, I'll tell you this. So, at the time when I was taking um, my undergrad classes, like, my classes before I actually um, went to Wayne State University, I was at OCC. So, I transferred from OCC into the social work program at um, Wayne State. Okay. But during that time when I was at OCC, um, it was, like, required for social workers to have math. And then into my second year at OCC, math was no longer required. So oh. I had took, like, business and math classes and all those things. And then my second year at OCC, before I transferred and actually applied to the program at Wayne State, um, social work had no longer needed math. So oh, they had actually it. wiped that out. <laughs> <laughs> that's the worst. So, yeah, that's, that was during that time. <laughs> okay. I, I asked that because I now um, – 
work with students who are in, in college and there's a lot of frustration behind those gen eds. And I always just say like, Hey, that is life and career prep. Like it might not Mm -hmm. directly apply to the classes that you're taking right now or like the like day-to-day functions, but that, you know, communications class for taking speech. If you have to make a presentation or a pitch to your boss about something, that's going to help you. Um, that cultural or diversity class, you know, or I don't know. One of the ones they have our students take is communications um, in counseling. And I'm like, that's going to help you empathize and talk with your, you know, uh, coworkers later. So like take that all um, in stride or it's just going to be relevant. If like you don't want to get up and go to work one day, you've developed the responsibility and um, the ability to go do something you don't necessarily want to do because you did it in college. So um, I just think it's cool that you actually found something good out of a, an elective or a gen ed class, um, because there are good things that come out of those if you let it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's funny because mine is also a gen ed, but I will explain why it was my favorite. So I took choir at the university level at Oakland university. Um, and I didn't love it because of the singing, but I loved it because of the sense of community that it had. Um, I, even when I wasn't a music major and I went into communication, there was this sense of, like, having a family behind me always and feeling so happy. So I needed that class to, like, relieve myself from all of the the academic pressures that were surrounding me at that time. Um, and it's really cool because I still talk to so many people from that class. Even though Oakland University has 12,000 students, I'm at, like, two, not 200, 100 of them, um, and maybe like 300 throughout my entire time at the university in that class. And it really gave me the sense of pride of being at Oakland because we were awesome. And it was so much fun. That's awesome. So that's another cool thing. You got a sense of community and found a group. Um, and also, again, it's like one of those things where it's like you can take a class that you're interested in and have fun and it doesn't have to be related to your major. And that's another great lesson because I think when students – sit down, um, to that first like advising thing during fall welcome week or during orientation. And they're like, I got to take, I got to take all these gen eds and get them out of the way. And I got to take math and English and all of these like kind of intense thought classes, um, and like foundation classes. It's like, you know, take a, take an art class, like take something, take a university rec class. If you want to learn how to ice skate or, you know, something like that, take something that you're going to find is fun. Cause it's okay to have a little bit of fun while you're also doing a lot of the heavy learning too. I needed this advice from you guys when I was a freshman going into college. <laughs> um, my favorite class was also one of my general education requirements. Ooh. Um, yeah. And I went into college as a nursing major. So I took my freshman year experience class and this is my favorite class. Um, hmm. But they had different sub areas that you could do. And so I took, it was an HIV and sexuality class um, as a freshman year experience. And it was really just intense and it got into like cellular biology and all of the different pieces that go into like these diseases, um, and infections. But for me, I was very similar and I was in a similar situation to Brittany. It really introduced me to like people that I was going to work with in college. Um, I remember like 
for for ooh, November for Thanksgiving. I didn't think I was going to get to go home. And like people from this class were inviting me to their family Thanksgivings. Um, and it really just made that college experience like light up in my eyes that first semester I was there. Um, so while the class was hard and it really challenged me and I loved the class itself, finding that college experience through it was really why it was my favorite. That is amazing. Um, I think it's, I think that's one of the coolest things about college is you can find community, um, all over the place. Like, uh, I do a podcast now for LSSU called be the burrito. Um, I guess I'm like podcast crazy. I don't know. Um, but we were, we were interviewing an RA and one of his best groups of friends, he literally just walked up to them as they were coming back from like hunting or something, which is very LSSU. And, um, and he was just like, Hey, like, where did you guys go hunting? I really enjoyed doing that too. And that's all it took. And, you know, those friendships and relationships can come from classes. They can come from joining a student organization. They can come from going Greek. They can come from, um, working at an on-campus job. So I think it's so cool to hear like three different, um, I guess kind of stories about like what helped you feel connected to college, but then also like what helped you later on in life, whether that was skills or creating friendships or, um, helping you find a community on campus. I don't know. That's awesome. All right. What was the best piece of advice that you were ever given that like impacted your life? Okay. I'll jump in and go ahead for it. Um, so, um, my father is, um, a very, um, like I look up to him. He's very influential in my life. Um, and when I started college, um, he actually got sick and I quit everything and I was going to quit school. I was going to quit everything just to be right there by my dad's side. Mm -hmm. And he told me, he was like, um, no, you can't quit school. He was like, you have to go through and I'm going to see you through this whole process. And, um, in 2018, when I walked that stage, he was definitely right there um, when I got my BSW. So that was like, just like, I just hold on to that because I'm very big on my family. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad is like my number one. So I'll say that. <laughs> That's amazing. We always do this. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> I would say that the best piece of advice I ever got was something that I still like think about every day. And it's just do everything with passion. Very simple phrase. Um, but as I've grown up, I've taken a lot more meaning on with that phrase. And really, like, you, if you're not passionate about it, you don't have to do it or don't do it. Um, but even at the same token, like, whatever you're doing, find what you're passionate about about it um, and, and bring that to life in what you do. Because people will feel that passion. And I think that it really, if you are passionate about what you do, um, whether it's how you love other people, how you do your job every day, um, whether it's the things that you do outside of your job, then you live a more fulfilling life ultimately. Definitely. That's awesome. I love that, Brittany. And I was really torn on my two favorites. Um, and that was one of them was to like do everything with passion. But my other one then now by default (laughs) is, um, And it's really cliche, but step outside of your comfort zone and live your life that way. Um, And I got that as a sophomore in high school when I attended this leadership conference. And then I realized how many times people actually say it in your lifetime after I heard it, like, loud and clear that one time. 
Um, but don't be afraid to like join that organization or do that club or do that thing, um, or go somewhere that you've never been before and really just experience, um, something and don't have the fear or don't let your fear hold you back. It's okay to experience that fear, but take it and go with it. Mm -hmm. That Can is, I just add, after yeah. to Jackie and Brittany, um, like, to sum up what both of them are saying to me, it's like, do what you love and love what you're doing. Um, so that that's just kind of like when I get out of that. Like, that's cool. I love that. And I think kind of talking about, you know, everything that we've talked about today is, you know, students who are applying to college, if you're excited about where you want to go and, and you're looking about, like, what's going to happen in the future, I don't know. Um, it's definitely important to look towards the future. But I think something that we've moved into as a society is we're so focused on the next step. We don't get to live and experience and engage and enjoy um, what we're doing right now. And so the idea of step out of your comfort zone and do things with passion and um, what it was, it was love what you do while like doing what you love. Is that what you, is that what you said? How did you say that? That was really good. Do, do what you love and love what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I think that's great because I think if we skip that that part and we're always looking for the next step, um, yeah, you can find success, but will you ever find fulfillment um, within that? And so um, I think this is a great place to, to stop and, and let anyone listening to this ponder um, those wise words. So thank you all so much for tuning in. It has been great chatting with you here and um i'm excited to talk with you next time on college talk